Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. We're also at uh, 105.1 FM these days. And if you're looking for our podcast, look under Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and you can find the podcast. This segment brought to you in part by SCR Northern, the guys with Old Man Winter on the trucks, and Whitefish Golf Course in Pequot Lakes. It's an experience that never disappoints. One of the area's premier 18-hole championship courses. Chris Foley with me, of course. Chris, uh, major women's championship. I haven't seen the numbers, but I'm sure the TV numbers were as good as it has gotten for the LPGA being at uh, uh, such a classic venue. Yeah, the uh, the television ratings blew any other LPGA event ever out of the water, and um, it was it was a great venue. They they uh, there it was some controversy had the course set, set up as as always, but uh, it uh, it played great. It looked great and uh, really fun to see the the ladies highlighted so much. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Allison Corpus, the winner. She was. Uh... Uh, Hawaiian and uh, boy, just calm throughout the last day. She was uh, she was steady as a rock, as the old saying goes, and uh, that's what she needed to be. And she was the winner. Yeah, she she made no errors. Shot three under the the final round and just played very steady. And uh, you know had had quite a bit of pressure on her from from Charlie Hall and Jason and. Um, it was it was a uh, a great final round. I I was glad I got to watch I, I got to watch probably the last couple of hours of it. It's fun that's uh, in prime time, and uh, uh, wish they had more majors out on the West Coast. Yeah, it is fun to have them come on. Kind of the work day's done, and you can you can uh, sit down at home and watch from six until eight or something like that, which is a little different yeah. than a lot of them. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, Charlie Hull, the uh, gal from Great Britain, she uh, put the most pressure on. She had a good day. Shot 66, I think. If she could have made one more birdie on 14, 15, 16 right in there, at least it might have turned uh, Allison's head a little bit, put a little more pressure on her. But she had that three-shot lead pretty much down the stretch. Yeah, and she, Charlie Hall, guess she, she had some great looks at birdies and didn't, didn't make uh you know she had it within 10 feet about three times in the last five holes and um uh, just couldn't get get one to drop she had it right around the hole and hit great putts they just didn't go in and she 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 is a competitor i mean it's it's fun to watch her she's fiery and uh wasn't letting up she wasn't gonna let it get away yeah and they can't all go in i mean she'd made like 90 some feet of putts about halfway through the day so She'd been rolling them in early. I didn't see a lot of it early, but she was five under or so. So obviously she yeah. was making some making some putts. Well, to to shoot six under in the final round of the the U.S. Open, uh, you you, you got to do a lot of things really well. Allison Corpu is a good champ, as you said. Uh, very humble. Uh, before we went on, she she really was. She was. Um, I think very grateful. Michelle Wee was the last Hawaiian uh, to win. That was like 10 years ago that she won her only major. And uh, Allison Corpus, she'll be a hero in Hawaii, which is very cool. Oh, gosh. She's, yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, 
it, it, it's a great win for Hawaiian golf and, and for her. And she, she was just, it, it was fun to watch her cause she was just so, uh, it was almost like she was shocked. Yeah. That she, <laughs> and just, and, and just, uh, you know, just very, very humble. And it was fun to see her parents there. And, uh, her mother has, has traveled with her forever, uh, you know, to all our golf tournaments and just the, the whole family's reaction to it. It is it, a life changing event for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Big prize money, three million bucks, I think, the most the women yeah. play, play for. Comfortable playing by the ocean because she was from Hawaii. So. Uh, she felt like the uh, surroundings were a little familiar, although there's no place yeah. quite like Pebble Beach. No, not not too many places in the world. But uh, it, to me, it's the most beautiful spot there is in the U.S. Um, you know, I think I think she does, she about doubled her career earnings. I think her <laughs> career earnings up to this point were 1.8 million, and uh, first place was three million. So that's a uh, that's a nice day on the golf course for her yeah i don't know if you could ever be due but she was kind of she, she they said she was top 30 in the world but that she'd never won which is kind of rare if you're in the top 30 yeah yeah for sure and uh, the second most beautiful spot in the world your favorite the quad cities on the men's side of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't go quite that far but it, it that's a good spot <laughs> well it's oh, home, 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 home is a Home is always good. It wasn't my hometown, but uh, where I did most of my growing up was in the Quad Cities. So yeah, always uh, always fun to see that event and a uh, uh, nice one for Strub Straka. It might be the first Austrian to win on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, he was boy. He was tough as nails on Sunday, man. I kept every time I kept turning over. He had a three or four shot lead. Was adding to it. 62 is low on Sunday. They were on 50, 59 watch for a while. So that's, uh, yeah, quite a final round. And um, you, you don't see a guy come from so far back generally on Sunday to win the event. But uh, any, any, any made double bogey on the last hole. Yeah, how about that? Double bogey for a 62. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the game of golf, though, isn't it? Then you go in, you have a nice tea yeah. or a beer, and you think, Man, I could have had sixty if I wouldn't have double played the eighteenth. <laughs> you shoot, you shoot sixty-two, you win, and you're disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Got a, a good guest, a friend of yours coming up, Chris. Yeah, we got Todd Kolb on the show. Todd's been on uh, a number of times, and uh, uh, one of the really good guys in golf, and uh, always enjoy talking to talking to Todd and picking his brain and he he uh, uh we taped last week but he, he won um uh, they're one of his players that he coaches won uh, uh karen angela stanford won and uh he was he caddied for her so it was a cool deal nice good payday <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's paying him back for those lessons with him by doing that that's right. Look forward to that interview. We'll be back with that right after this on 1380 KLIZ. want to welcome to the show one of my good friends, Todd Kolb. Todd is the head of the Sportsford Power Academy in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, we've had him on the show quite a few times and always enjoy his insights uh, in the world of golf and golf instruction. Todd, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Chris. It's always fun to get together and talk a little, you know, 
talk golf and, yeah. and everything related to it. I wanted to, yeah, I, I, we haven't been able to connect on the show this year. You've been so busy and I have, but uh, uh, last weekend uh, you had a great experience and it prompted me to uh, try to get you on this week and talk about it. it uh, one of your longtime students is LPGA player Angela Stanford. And uh, you got to caddy for Angela last weekend down in Florida, and she won the uh, LPGA Senior Women's Championship. So uh, tell us about that. Congratulations. That's pretty cool to be in the bag owners. Yeah, well, I, um, yeah, I'm one for one. So I've got people <laughs> tell me I should, I should just retire now because that doesn't get any better than that. But yeah, thank you for asking. I mean, it was, um, and you know this as a coach, uh, it doesn't any sport golf. We're talking, of course, talking about golf. But you know, anytime you get an opportunity to share that experience with one of your students or players or whatever word you'd like to use, it's pretty special. You know, uh, basketball. If you if you coach a player in basketball, you get to be at every game and you coach the game and you're part of the wins and the losses and you're you're really there in golf. So many times, you know, they come to us, we see them, we work with them, and then they kind of go off and they play their own tournaments and they're on their own. So you don't really get the the experience of you know, the ups and the downs of, of the, of the day and the tournament. And so to be able to be there uh, and to be on the bag and play a small role in that aspect, but more importantly, just to be there to experience it um, was really a special moment and, and something um, I'm very grateful for. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty special week. That's cool. You know, anytime you have a player, regardless, of, I mean, if they're a 10 year old who wins a tournament or a elite level performer like Angela, who who wins a tournament, it's a, it's really fun. You know, that's kind of why we do it is to see that satisfaction in a, in a player. But uh, to be on the bag had to be really a cool experience. And uh, how, how well she, she was five back starting the day, and she shot was it sixty seven the last round? Uh, sixty five last. Sixty five, yeah. and. Um, how nervous were you coming down the stretch and were you paying attention to the leaderboard? Yes, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, the first thing was the, the first couple, you know, um, and I kind of, uh, I, I, we had a little bit of a standing joke earlier in the week and I, when she called a few months ago and said, Hey, would you mind caddying? It's only a three day event. You know, we get a cart. You don't even have to carry the bag. I'm <laughs> like, okay, this, this sounds pretty good. And I said, well, I only have one rule. And he said, well, what's that? I said, well, I can only be fired from one job in, in a week. So you can fire me as a caddy or you can fire me as a coach, but you can't fire me as both because, you know, you know, you're stepping into a different role. And, and of course I've caddied, but to caddy for a, a tour professional in an, in an event is different than caddy. And um, with all the respect in a junior golf tournament or something to those facts. So anyhow, so it took me about the first, it took me a good first 27 holes of the practice round. First of all, to get comfortable with reading the book and all the numbers and doing the quick math and, and the detail that's required to caddy uh, for an elite player uh, at that level. So once I kind of got through that and kind of got comfortable with that, um, I felt a lot better. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I uh, it, it sounds a little uh, cliche, but the truth of the matter is, and you know this, Chris, when when people are really good at what they do, um, one of the best things that you can do as a coach uh, or a caddy is, is just kind of almost get out of the way. Yeah. Um, and we've talked a lot about that in coaching. Sometimes coaches just give too much information to kind of, I don't know why, but, and then they just versus just, Hey man, they're rolling, just let it go. So as she got going, 
especially the last 27 holes and especially the last day, uh, man, I just kind of got the yardage, stayed out of the way and just let greatness uh, come out. And uh, that's what she did. Awesome. You, you, you're out on the ladies tour a lot. And so typically when you, when you go work with, with Angela or the other players that you work with, are you there just early in the week or do you stay for the whole tournament or what, what kind of is your routine when you do go out on tour? Um, it's kind of evolved a little bit. When I first started going out and was working with, you know, a couple different players, I would go in and, uh, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning and, and spend, you know, at least through Wednesday and kind of see them and do the practice rounds and things like that. And, and, um, and maybe even watch a round or two. Um, and each player is a little bit different uh, with Angela in particular. Uh, we've worked together long enough where lots of times our sessions are pretty, I don't want to say they're pretty quick, but they're, you know, I mean, once you kind of know a player's tendencies and where they're going, a lot of it becomes just reminders and things like that. And so um, lots of times we'll meet before the event uh, on an off week or things like that, which is one of my, I kind of prefer when you're at the yeah. event, um, it's good, but there's a, you know, there, there's practice rounds, there's caddies, there's a lot of commotion on the range. Um, and it's, you know, years ago when I first started going out like 10 years ago, it was pretty quiet. Now, Oh my goodness sake, the driving ranger are busy uh, with just coach. Everybody's got a coach. Everybody's got a fitness person, uh, things like that. So um, I kind of actually like it when we can do our work away from the site a week before or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but it's good. The, the range at a tour event tends to be so chaotic and you're, you're probably not, you're not going to make any changes. You're just, you're just there to provide confidence and, and a checkup to make sure that, the things that you're you've been working on are are in place, I would guess. Yeah, and th this is and it's interesting, you know. This was um, this was really Angela's idea about caddy, and this was not. Uh, and uh, I have to give her credit for that from a standpoint that you know, of course, I've watched her hit golf balls away from an event. I've watched her hit balls before an event. I've watched her play during an event, but to caddy and actually get an inner feel for what's really going on. What are you thinking about? What's your target? What are you feeling? Why did that shot do this or that? Like that was a different level of, yeah. of awareness for me. And I found it really helpful. So I have to give her credit for that because that was her idea. And it's something looking back, I wish I would have done. Now, not every week. They need a regular caddy. They need to get into that groove or flow. But, you know, once or twice a year to get on the bag and just go through it and hear it, I think, if anything, was more beneficial to me, maybe, to be able to help than, than even for her. It's not like I don't want to give a false impression like I'm some world-class caddy. I mean, I, I I can do the job, but there's people who I'm sure are better caddies than I am. But it, it's going to help me be a better coach Oh, absolutely. knowing what's happening. Absolutely. You know, I, Todd, I didn't realize that the, the, for ladies to be eligible for the, the seniors, it was only 45 years old. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, they get, there's, no, there's never been as many opportunities for ladies as there is for the men. And that's yeah. cool that they, yeah. that they make it that age. It is. Um, and, and the, the senior, the, the, the U S open is 50, but these events are 45 and um, we need more of that. I mean, um, you know, I'm 53, so I remember watching a lot of these gals play know, yeah. about the same age, you and I. And, um, man, there's just a lot of wonderful people 
from that uh, uh, generation of golfers. And we get to see the men, of course, on the Champions Tour. But there's, man, a lot of these uh, women really paved the way for what we see now. And uh, there's a few more personalities, I think, which is kind of fun, you know. Um, and it's a good deal. I hope they have more opportunities like that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know the names. I, I, I'm just looking down the leaderboard and, you know, Angela wins. Kari Webb finishes third. Um, you know, Clarissa Childs, who I gave some lessons to in South, when I was in South Carolina. Uh, Jamie Fisher's great club pro and great player throughout the years. Laura Diaz, Michelle Redmond from Minnesota. You know, you got, you got all these players that really have had a huge impact on um uh, on the LPGA tour in the last you know decade so it's that's cool to see but uh so it, it, you know we've we've got the US women's open this week at Pebble Beach which is a huge you know one a, a wonderful venue and a, it's it's going to be a great event and uh you know af, after the win did uh, did Angela have any uh say let's go, come to Pebble with me <laughs> no, no, she had her regular caddy. Like, yeah. I will, I will, uh, you know, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't get to see. I know you've seen it, but, uh, you know, she, you, uh, she wins, you finish up and all the wonderful things that go along with that, the presentation of the trophy and the thank yous to the volunteers and all the great stuff, you know, and sticking on afterwards and signing flags and doing that, you know, and by the time you get in the car, you know, say 39 o'clock at night, uh, she had to drive to Louisville, which is about an hour and a half away, you know, get to a hotel room at midnight, quick shower, catching a 6 a.m. flight back to, you know, DFW um, on uh, Sunday, you know, do some laundry, get back on a flight at 7 p.m. and fly out, you know. And, and so um, what we get to see, of course, on TV, and I'm sure it's the same way with basketball or football. I don't see the inner workings of those sports, but, you know, these athletes, you um, they're long days and um, you know, it doesn't end when the last putt goes in. There's a lot of other stuff after that. So you're listening to our conversation with teaching pro Todd Kolb of Sioux Falls. We'll be back with more of that interview right after this on lakes, woods and irons. Come back to lakes, woods and irons with Chris Foley, 1380 KLIZ, the fan also 105.1 FM and find us at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And if you're looking for a podcast, also Lakes, Woods, and Irons. You can find our podcast there. This segment brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull and experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake. Open year-round at 11 with deck and patio seating. Ernie's is your happy place. And Cregan's Legacy Courses, the home of this year's CRMC Championship coming up soon. And also the home of the new Tom Lehman 18. Now back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, it'll be it'll be fun to see how she plays this week. Hopefully, carrying some momentum in into the uh, U.S. Women's Open. So, you know, Todd, I, I, I and I mean, I mean, we talked so often, but I may have never even shared this with you. But you know, pre-COVID, when golf was maybe struggling a little bit, one I I took a deep dive into golf development, and I I went and I kind of tried to study. There, there's always been places where golf has thrived around around the U.S., around the world. And I, I tried to see what the factors were that, that you know, was creating that environment where golf was really healthy, uh, you know, 
kids were, you know, into the game, developing, having success. The adults were the same. And and one of the places that that I studied was your academy, you know, in Sioux Falls and all the great things you, that you've done there. And, um, you know, throughout time, golf has been very healthy in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, because of what you and your team have done. And, you know, share with us a little bit about how you've run your programs and the things you that you feel like you've done to, to for successful golf development. Well, first of all, well, thank you for that. I, I've uh, been, you know, I've been really blessed. I mean, Sioux Falls is a wonderful community to raise a family and for business and just in general. So part of it is, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time. You, you have to have people who provide opportunities. And and I've had that. I mean, at Dave Hanton, my parents, I mean, I've had just numerous people who kind of helped me along along the way. Uh, but, um, you know, I think the big thing is is just you know, creating that environment and that culture where there's a certain expectation, you know, and I've always told my staff and I've always just believed that the person in front of you has to get better. I mean, when they when they show up to that lesson tee, they have better be better at golf when they get in the car than when they, when they got there. And, and, you know, there's ups and downs of that. And not every, oh, yeah. listen, not every lesson I gave, they were, you know, <laughs> running to the car thinking I, I got the game mastered, but it, as a totality, they have to get better. And when you take that approach, I think you, you get there. The other thing is, I, I just believe that, especially even in today, even more so today than when I started, you probably started, we all started about the same time, 25, 30 years ago, people are starving. I feel, uh, for, um, cultures and environments for their children where to a certain degree they're held accountable like this is the standard not everybody's going to get a trophy not everybody gets a ribbon you're here to learn you're here to get better we're going to do it professionally and we're going to motivate you and we're going to pat you on the back but we're here to, to get better and that's part of life and growing up and and uh, learning to compete and and work hard and that's just kind of the approach we took and so then therefore uh, that's the type of staff we had. And then we, you just, those types of people start just uh, finding you because they're starving for that. They're looking for that much like I want for my own children, whether it be in, a, you know, my son just started his first full-time job. I'm like, one of the questions I'm asking, Hey, how's your boss? Do they hold you accountable? Are they, are they teaching you? Are they mentoring you? And at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. Um, it's hard, but it's simple. And, and that's what we've tried to do. You know, it's the, so many parents, and I mean, if you, if if you have a passion for the game like we do, uh, being parents, or and so many parents really want their kids to play golf and get into it, and uh, I see such a mix of how they approach that. What, what do you what do you feel is the best? You know, if if a parent is passionate about the game, they really want their kids to be develop a passion for the game. What advice do you have for them to? Um, for their kids to get into it, to be healthy with the game, to, to have fun and, you know, become lifelong golfers. Yeah. A, a couple things. One is, um, you know, I, I obviously that's what I've done for a, a living, but they, they need to get good instruction. I mean, they, you know, the game's a heck of a lot easier if you're getting good advice. And, and I've always mentioned to parents, you know, the most important advice your child gets is the first information. If I send my son or daughter to, to, to Chris, they're going to learn a proper grip. They're going to get set up right. And whether they play the game competitively or not, they're going to learn some good fundamentals because I know Chris is a great coach. That That's number one is you better get them some good information early. Um, number two is you got to surround them with a group of people who 
love to play and and, and whatever level that is you, yeah. you know and i'm not i'm not this isn't people get they take this stuff the wrong way like, like i'm not saying you got to be a tour professional you might be happy making the jv team or not even playing in a tournament but but surround yourself with with other kids who want to do similar things that you that you want to do um those would be the first two things and then and then third and finally um you know it's a commitment for a parent you got to drive them to tournaments you got to be there you got to you know you got to walk the course um and you got to learn to 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 understand your own child and when do they need a pat on the back because golf is hard they're going to get kicked in the teeth and the gut a lot when do they need a hug and a pat on the back and when do they kind of need like hey you know maybe you just need to practice more and being able to understand that dynamic with your child is something that hey as a parent myself i've struggled with i there's been there's been times where i've gone down to my son or daughter's room at night and said that that, that was not good parenting i'm sorry about that you know and so um as long as you have those three things get them some good information surround them with other kids who have similar interest and, and yeah. passion for the game and then third and finally be aware of your own interactions with your child um, I became more aware of that as my kids got older, um, that how I react and what I say and how my body language is on the golf course and, and how much importance I put onto it um, is something they're going to be reading. And so I might say one thing, but if my actions show something different, uh, you got to be aware of that. Yeah, it's, um, it's almost painful sometimes to go to tournaments and, you know, observe from afar how a lot of parents, you know, react to their kids and and the things they say and their body language and all that stuff like you're saying but uh yeah it's uh, um you know you and i are both the same our our goal is really just to for these kids to enjoy the game regardless of what level they want to play at and you know it's i we, so many times i think we lose sight that it's a game and games yeah. are supposed to be fun and if you if you can keep that element in it, you're gonna have way more success and and uh, just enjoy. Yeah, I think, enjoy yes, it. it's a it's a great point. I mean, I I um, you know, not, listen, I I I'm not I'm not saying I've done it perfectly. I I you know oh. I I wish we could go back and do it again at times, but um, but you know, I think other you know too too there's you know like I'll, I'll give you an example like our our. Uh, uh, my son played uh, golf at USD, had a wonderful experience, played for three years. You know, it's fairly intense. It's it's early morning workouts and it's traveling and it's tournaments and it's qualifying and it's competitive. And he had a great experience there. Um, and then he uh, had a couple of years of eligibility left, went played a division at a division two school. And I'm and at first I'm kind of like, oh, division two. And, I, you know, in all honesty, I was kind of I don't want to say poo pooing it, but I was like, oh, you know, anyhow, it was the best thing ever. It was wonderful. They played a great schedule. He had a wonderful coach. The expectation was right where he wanted to be at that particular stage of his life. And I thought to myself in, in, in reflecting back, gosh, you know, maybe, maybe that would have even been better, you know? And, yeah. and so I think as a parent, people get so enamored with, oh, division one or this division or that division. But at the end of the day, the kids just want to play golf and they want yeah. to have fun and they want to compete and you can find that in a lot of different areas and quite frankly as a parent sometimes it's more enjoyable to go watch your son or daughter play in a certain event and it's important but at the end of the day you're going to go have pizza and you're going to have some fun and anyhow yeah no, that's great advice todd todd you uh you you put out some great content uh 
on all your different social platforms and 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 you send out a almost a daily newsletter. I'm always impressed with how you get how how you have the time to create all that stuff. But uh uh tell us you know all the places we can find you and, and learn more about uh uh, what you guys do. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm just really blessed. We got really good teams or uh, really good teams around us. So uh, from a social media standpoint, uh, uh, you know, online, or whatever, you know, our YouTube channel at US Golf TV is by far the best place to find those types of things. And we have a full team that runs all that. And then here locally, we have, a, you know, at Sanford Sports, we have a wonderful golf academy here in Sioux Falls. We got one in Fargo, great coaching staff. They do a phenomenal job with kids and adults and all those types of things. So Sanford Sports, you can find us any spot there in Sioux Falls or Fargo. If you're looking more like, hey, I, I'm, you know, I like to watch stuff online on YouTube, U.S. Golf TV is the best bet. So, um, you know, much like yourself, I, I uh, you know, just try to surround myself with good people who are a little bit smarter than I am and. You know, but much like finding good players, right? Like, That's you know, right. great players can make coaches look really good. Yeah, no, there's a lot of truth <laughs> to that. So, well, Todd, that that is great stuff. I uh, I always have enjoy having you on the show and uh, look forward to uh, seeing how Angela plays this weekend in the uh, U.S. Women's Open. Well, thanks. Great catching up. And thanks for thanks for just allowing us the opportunity to kind of share our story of what we're doing. So and Absolutely. keep up the good work, man. You guys are doing great. Yeah, thanks, Todd. That was Todd Kolb from the Stanford Power Academy in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And also find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Or I should say on podcast at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. This segment brought your way by Holiday Stores in Cross Lake, Mill Avenue, and Excelsior Road. And by Shannon's Auto Body. New location in East Brainerd to better serve their customer base. Thanks to our sponsors all the time on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Chris, you had a cool story. We were talking about the Allison Corpus winning the uh, U.S. Open Championship for the ladies. Uh, you got a little uh, seven degrees of separation there, kind of fun. Katie, your daughter Katie, played in a qualifier and ended up playing with one of the girls yeah. who was on the leaderboard. Katie played in the the U.S. Open qualifier at Somerset Country Club, where where my son Michael's the the head pro, and uh, they had a great professional field as well as an amateur field there. But she she played with Bailey Tardy, who finished fourth or tied for fourth in the U.S. Open. Uh, had a great last round, shot three under, and um, so the two of them were paired together at Somerset, and uh, which was fun because you know, it was uh, it added to. Uh, getting to follow uh follow her in that event and had some local flavor you know there uh amy anderson from uh from fargo also qualified out of uh out of somerset she won and uh at seven months pregnant which is pretty darn good (laughs) yeah um so she uh she didn't make the cut in the event but uh awfully cool to to uh to have you know a couple local was a couple of local interests uh playing in the u.s open last week yeah very much so and uh, bailey tardy she was they were talking about her uh literally deciding at the last minute to uh, fly to minnesota and play at somerset well you know funny story about that i think she uh, she procrastinated on the entry for it and it was one of the few sites that had availability <laughs> but uh she, she also hangs out a little bit at sea island where where 
son Joe is uh, teaches that and spends some time with that down there working with some of the instructors. So uh, uh, a lot of a uh, lot of degrees of connection there. Yeah, she had some spunk. She seemed like one of the gals that uh, I think the viewers were getting behind after she was leading after a couple of days and uh, was pretty close after three days. So uh, just uh, hit it good but didn't roll in enough putts there down uh, down the finish line. For sure. Article I read this week in the St. Paul Press, about the uh, title is Could Struggling Stars Join the 3M Open Field? Golfers on the playoff bubble could feel the need to play in Minnesota. Field has gone from, I think it was 125 in previous years. Now it's down to 70 in the first round because they eliminated one round, right? Correct? First round of the FedEx Cup, yeah. Which is, you know, the the non-designated events are have suffered a little bit with their fields this year. I wouldn't say terribly, though. Um but one of the advantages of, especially this time of year, when players are are fighting to get in that in that in that top seventy, is is the the 3M is likely to get a, a better field than they typically had. You know, they they have a tough date following the uh, the Open Championship, so it's hard to, for guys to get you know back across from from Scotland or England and and uh, you know be motivated to play in the event if it's if it's not a you know, an elevated event now or doesn't have an a overly strong field. So it, it should be a, a, a benefit to uh, to the 3M this year. Yeah, the article uh, Chase Frederick of the St. Paul Press wrote it. He talked, uh, he named a number of players. He's kind of speculating, but he was talking to uh, J.T. Poston, 30-year-old, who's kind of in the mix, uh, but he said he was planning on a week off before the Wyndham Championship, but now I have to be sure to make the playoffs. So he's going to play. And some other names mentioned that some of the guys are like in 85th or worse or and need to get into the top 70, including uh, Gary Woodland, as mentioned, along with Billy Horschel. Those are pretty big names in golf, really. Uh, announced that the sure. 3M, they would be uh, committed to the 3M. Horschel's 114th, so he's got a ways to go. Even Adam Scott, he has yet to commit, but he's uh, in 78th. If you want to get up to 70th, we'll say he probably will wait and see, maybe see how he does in the British Open because he does pretty well there a lot of years. But even yeah, J- JT is well. JT is 68th. I mean, one of the one of the most marquee names in the entire game, and he's on the bubble. Yeah. You know, if you, it's surprising to hear that. And it, you know, Billy Horschel, gosh, I mean, he over the past decade he's hardly been out of the top you know 30 players in the in the world and um hard to imagine that he's 128 uh on the money list but that's that's the ebb and flow of golf but uh you know a couple of players like that could really add the you know add the excitement of the 3m and, and get more people out there to uh to a great event yeah it'll be a great event i see the uh, last year's champ tony finau uh, was saying he he loves the golf course and uh, he feels like the the 3M really launched him onto onto a positive path when he got the win at the time. Oh, for sure, for sure. He's uh, kept that momentum going pretty much since. So, yes. You and I had a lesson, Chris. I was going to ask you my club speed. Uh, I'm 60 in my 60s now. It was maybe 85 miles an hour. I think did we say something like that? 
Yeah, with your driver, you were right. In between 85 and 90 miles an hour. So drop-off due to age is how common and how many miles per hour? <laughs> you know, it, 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 it is definitely common, but does not have to be. Um, you know, the, the reason we lose speed is we, we lose flexibility and balance generally. And, um, you know, both those things are trainable, especially, you know, it's hard to gain, it, it's hard to gain club head speed, but if, if you, if you maintain your flexibility, if you maintain your balance, uh, you're much more likely not to lose club head speed. Yeah. And, uh, and you really don't have to, when I, when I'm, when I teach in California in the winter, we, you know, the, the, the age of our membership at the club I'm at is, is definitely, uh, an older population than I work with here. But, you know, we, we've got the club, is, it's, the people are there because they love golf and they're very much into it. Sure. They have the, the time to play and practice and, you know, you'll see you, you see a lot of guys. Uh, there, there's a there's a few players who are in their their late seventies and they they still swing the club around 100 miles an hour. They've always had great club head speed, but because they they've maintained you know their conditioning and they maintain flexibility and they work at it, they've been able to maintain their club head speed. So as you age, if you're proactive, there's no reason you have to uh, you have to give up anything. Okay, good to know. <laughs> I've been working out for about a year. I think as, as far as strength goes, it's it's good. But you're right about balance and uh, flexibility. Flexibility is pretty good. Balance is iffy for me right now. So I think I'm losing a little distance because of that. You're, you're looking good. You're, you're looking good though, Mac. You you, you can tell you're uh, you're in better condition than you were a year ago. Yeah, that's good. Keep saying that, Chris. We'll keep you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we gotta, probably got to keep the show going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably should uh, keep you on the show since it's named after you. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> All right, that's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on the Fan. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Mac.